Hi guys and welcome to Coffee with a Chance of Meatballs. It's me, your host Meatball Molly. This is brought to you by Creative Anvil Marketing, Eminent Recruitment and CBDWorldsOnline.com. And today I've got an amazing guest coming on. She is Miss West Belfast herself, Christine Frampton. What is, girl? What about you? Oh, I'm loving that intro, Miss West Belfast. That's a new one. <laughs> that sounds like beauty queen, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we've just had a brief little chat just before we started recording and uh, the listeners can hear and the viewers can watch, but tell us how you've been getting on in lockdown. Have you been I, just battling Carl every day? I can't really complain. Like, There's been up days and down days. We've been homeschooling and all the rest of it, but I feel really lucky. Like We've had good weather. We've been out in the garden. We've been able to walk around. You know, there's, there's people a lot worse off than us at the minute, so... Yeah. I really don't want to complain about the situation because we're all in the same boat. That's it, yeah. I like I've I've seen the same. Carl's been having a good go about training still in the back garden. My best bit was on Twitter where he was like, "Did he have a kettlebell or something?" And you was like lifting the can up every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality that way. Do you just get pissed in the garden and watch him train? Most days, yes. <laughs> No, I'm only joking. Yeah. At the weekend, do you know what? It's hard, and in the sun, it feels sort of like should we be on our summer holidays at the minute? But yeah. you know, the kids have been getting that much schoolwork, so we'll be Monday to Fridays. We've been sticking to it, and then at the weekends, and just enjoying it, living your best life. I was literally saying to my mum in the car before I said, if we didn't have this good weather, this lockdown would have been fucked off. Like right at the beginning, no one would have stuck to it, would they? No, not even that. But it just would have been so much more depressing imagine yeah. sitting no shops open no nothing no where to socialize and bad weather at the same time rough. It would have been a lot worse mm-hmm. rough so i brought you onto the podcast today um just to talk about the different perspective of what it's like for the for the family and for the wife and for the partner of a fighter and basically without it being too formal and like scripted I just want you to tell me how you went from a young girl in West Belfast to going to university to learn how to be a grass. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. How, studying criminology, meeting Carl and having a family. And then I'll get into some good questions. But if you just take take us all on a little journey of, of your little life at the beginning. Sort of happened. It all sort of fell together. So I met Carl sort of in the summer between finishing school and going to uni. So I was already planning on doing what I was doing. I knew what I was going to university to do, and then I met him. He was already boxing at quite an elite level. He was on the high-performance team, the Irish high-performance team, so he was training like four days a week in Dublin and travelling the world for really um, difficult tournaments. Yeah. So it was sort of, it took us a while, actually. It took about a year and a half from the first met for him to actually ask me out. Did he? So, yeah, a year and a half. Was, like, he, a shit, was he a shit bag or was he just too busy? It was just, it was, no, he was a shit bag. Like, was we were he? Talking, <laughs> we were talking every single day. Like, he used to even talk to my mummy on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and she actually called him her son-in-law before he even asked me out. Really, yeah. Because <laughs> we talked so much, yeah. He was just a shit bag. But then when he did, so I was already in uni and stuff when we started going out, and it just sort of fell into place. Like, he was in Dublin four days a week, come home at the weekends, I was studying, and 
used to see each other at the weekends and then just get back into normal life. Yeah. So it was just natural and progressed naturally. Just natural, progressed naturally. And then whenever I graduated, had he turned What year? Yet, what year did you graduate in? So I'd done three years in criminology, criminal just that that was What was the date was though? Yeah, was do you know I can't even remember. I was like twenty one, <laughs> so I'm thirty two now, whatever year that was. Twenty twenty, take away eleven. Two thousand nine. Yeah, about that. Is that right? I can't even count either, who knows? But let's just go I, let's roll on that, two thousand and nine. Yes, about two thousand and nine it must have been. So I graduated. He turned pro, I think, that year after I graduated. So I was working full time in retail, in a clothes shop, volunteering at the weekends, custody visiting, basically uh, visiting people who had been arrested to make sure they knew their rights and stuff. How was that? Every weekend. It was frightening because I was still a young girl. I, mean, you know, I, bet, I, I bet you were seeing some stuff as well. Like, it, Yeah, yeah, I used to shit myself because it was the weekends as well. That's when the police stations are so busy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I thought I need the experience to get my food in the door for criminal justice. So I did it. Um, done that for about a year, year and a half while working as well. Yeah. And then Carla, our daughter, came along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, surprise. Yeah. Um, so she was a pleasant surprise whilst you, you're trying to get into criminal justice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so when you was getting to that point, um, and you you realised right I'm gonna be a mummy and mm-hmm. um, how hard when when Carl's in camp how hard is that on you before you even had Carly when it was just you I, and him well, before that it was basically just loneliness and that's all you're dealing with is loneliness you know life it wasn't really hard but then when you have kids like your whole everything changes your whole outlook so everything for me changed especially because. I wanted my food in the door of the day. I wanted to work in the prison. Yeah. Then I was like, well, I have a child. I live in Northern Ireland. That's a dangerous job. Yeah. Changed everything for the both of us then at that minute because it was like, well, what am I going to do now? What I've been working towards has changed. Yeah. So at that point, you know, I was working in retail. We were paying childcare. Carl was, had just turned pro. So it was like the money was yeah. And the money Something is not great, is it? Yeah. Something had to give, so I sort of thought, well, maybe I should give something up here to let him have a go. Yeah. And that's what we did. Yeah. Was it easy? No. No. Because, like, say, me and my relationship and my partner, Paige, yep. we are, like, she was a professional footballer and me fighting sometimes it was really hard to get the balance right do you know what I mean because we're both chasing yeah and we're both chasing our dream and then and then we've had to take a break and had to take a step back so that one person can just get there yeah. and then and then and then come back together kind of thing but it's quite selfless what you've done do you know what I mean you sort of have to um I think find a way to do it as well and and remember yourself, like that you can't resent that person because we made the choice together. I know if I'd have said the card, no, I'm going to do the job that I want to do, you would have let me. Yeah, of course. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
So I would never hold it against them. Like, and I know one day I'll be up. You'll go back to it a hundred percent. I speak to Liam McCourt all the time, and she's like studying law. Like after she finishes fighting, she's like, I want to be it. Like, uh, I was wondering that because she said she does her own contracts and stuff. Yeah. I was like, how is she doing that? Yeah. So yeah, so she she manages it herself, and um, yeah. what's it Same. called? Yeah, and then she, what she do? She has someone to help with like um, like sponsorships and stuff, but she manages her own contracts, which I thought fearful can play because that's not easy. That's not an like easy draw. Do you know what? I mean? know what? If you can do it and trust yourself to do it, it's the best way to go, I suppose. I know, because you're only going to get bumped otherwise, aren't you? <laughs> and you're a living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Off topic. Off topic. So, when you decided to give up your career for Carl to, to follow his own, how, how quick of a turnaround was it until he started providing the life that you live kind of now when things were comfortable was was it a long time christine of like struggle or was it quite a quick turnaround um i would say it wasn't until maybe like we got married and had rosa how old is he now too so he's five. Oh, five. Five. so i would say around the time he was born we were comfortable in our lifestyle yeah so Carla's nine, Ross is five. Five, So from she was born until he was born, basically, was... The tough time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was kind of just like... It weren't an overnight sensation by any means, but... No, no. But but then it just... I just remember when he came on the scene, I remember my old boxing coach, Yui, he was like, have you seen that Frampton? And I was like... I think I have. He was like, he's the one with the tattoos on his arms. He, and I was like, oh, I have seen him. But I think this is when he was, I'm not sure if he just won his first title and he was starting to make a bit of a name for himself with McGuigan. And the, and yeah. I think that's when you kind of blew up for just people who weren't really interested in boxing. He started to make a bit of a name and, and things was I getting think, out there like that, weren't they? I think a lot of it as well is just this whole story, like, us being in a mixed marriage and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, because I was gonna, you know. I was gonna come to that in a minute. What is it like? Because people in England and like my nan is Irish, my nan's from Bray, and I knew growing up. I've got family in Garver and Coleraine, so I know what it's like. And my family are all Catholic, so we know what it was like growing up. But people who are my age still in England haven't got a clue about the troubles or anything no. that went on, do you know what I mean? And it's madness. But for you two, when you got together, is it hard? Does it does it still happen now or at the beginning when you'd probably get trolls or people would be like, was you ever threatened about it or anything like that? Was well, it... I mean, nothing serious. We've had trolls, obviously, saying stuff, but we've never felt, like, literally in under danger threat. or anything in, like that. Injury, yeah. yes, because... We know, like, the community I grew up in, the community Carl grew up in, we know we're safe. Yeah. And the people around us are always going to keep us safe. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah. obviously, years ago, like, our relationship living here wouldn't have happened. Really? 30 years ago. Really? Yeah, it just yeah. wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. So, we feel sort of lucky in that way, and it is something that I think a lot of people, a lot of people support Carl. Obviously, they support him for what he's achieved, but also just because of his story and because he appeals to both sides of the community and they can both come both sides can come together and watch him fight yeah 
and they do know they're safe. Yeah, and they do, don't they? Yeah, they do, and they all sing together and dance together and have a good time, and, and that's what it's all about. It is. I remember when, um, it's not the free arena, what's, it's the Odyssey. Is it the Odyssey? Um, where... uh, it's called the SSE. Oh, the SSE, yeah. yeah. What, was yeah. it called the Odyssey, though? Was it was, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember, I'm sure, I'm sure I'd seen him fight there before, but it, like, he was, like, I remember growing up and it was Ricky Hatton was the big thing and he had, like, the fans would follow him everywhere, but then yeah. Carl was, like, the next big thing, wasn't he? And it was just the atmosphere when he fights is just electric. For you, on fight night, what are your nerves? Like, because I see it with my partner, Paige, or with my mum and my family. I'm trying to get in the zone. I'm not thinking about their feelings and what they're going through, but I can just say, my mum doesn't eat for like a week. She has nightmares and she thinks I'm going to die when I go and I'm fighting. I'm like, fucking hell, mum, you can't be like having them thoughts. Do you know what I mean? No, you can't, but it's one of them things, isn't it? So, Well, it's it's a reality, isn't it? It could happen. It is a reality, yes. And, you know, after the... Always, always, always got nervous. Really nervous. Like, I wouldn't sleep for a week. Yeah. <clears throat> I would sometimes just get in my car and drive around and just try and clear my head and stuff. But after the Warrington fight, and I don't know what it was, because obviously Carl had had a loss before the Santa Cruz. It wasn't the fact that he lost. It was just like the nature of the fight. It was so, so brutal and so hard to watch. And I said to him, like, I can't, I want to support you, but I literally don't think I could sit through Another one any like yeah. that ever again. And once I say something, like, I have to stick to it. <laughs> like, I know you want to come back. And I'm like, well, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Would you, go, would you go to his next one? No. no. Not going back. No. No. You, you stick to your guns, really, don't you? really, really selfish. But I feel like, you know what, I've done, I've given you, not that I don't support him anymore. I've given him all the support over the years. But I just, I feel like for now, I need to look after myself a wee bit. I don't think I could deal with something like that again. I can tell you, first-hand experience, um, two years ago yesterday, I got the call-up to the UFC, so UFC Liverpool was on, and I was the second fight in, and it was like, home girl, everyone screaming for me, gone in, I've got choked out, unconscious, fitting on the floor, and my mum was just like... Well, I mean, how do you watch that when it's your own child? That's what I mean, and this is something that I don't take on, do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh... Mum, it's not about you, it's about me. And then I think, fuck now, if I swapped roles, and this is why yeah. I wanted to speak to you, do you know, just to be like, because when your mum's telling you, it's more like she's nagging you, do you know what I mean? But to hear it from someone exactly. else, it's like, well, exactly. is it? I know. So when people say to me, like, will your kids ever box? I'm like, nah, a hope in hell. No, not a chance. I don't care. They can train till the cows come home, but they're yeah. not boxing. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> get, we'll get them into jiu-jitsu. I was speaking to Leah, I was like, um, Next year, when we've got our money sorted, shall we open a gym in Belfast? And she's like, 100%. Because the plane to Belfast from Liverpool is 20 minutes and it's £30. Pounds. I, was oh, like, yeah. I was like, Leah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just come over three days a week and teach. You can have three days a week and teach. And she was like, yeah, we will. Sure, you could do something like that in Liverpool as well. Yeah. Yeah, but um, my I just let my coach keep his gym. Because I'll always coach under oh, them. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She actually has, I think she was teaching, was it you, or self-defence up in Hoglas, where I grew up. Yeah, and where else does she, is it Queen's University? 
Oh, does she do it there She well? does it there, yeah. When I come okay. over and train, I go, I'll teach the classes for you so you can have a rest because she drives about nine million hours a week, doesn't she? No, I can't so I'm like, you. I'll teach when I come over and she's like, nice one, just sitting there with her coffee, just just recording <laughs> it for her Instagram. But it, brilliant. I know, yeah. Um, what I was going to say to you, in terms of fight comps, so I've noticed Carl goes away for them every now and then, doesn't he? He doesn't stay doesn't stay at home for them what's that like for the kids what's that like for you because i imagine it's not just the six weeks sometimes he, he trains with jamie moore in the manchester trains, now, doesn't he yeah. trains in manchester yeah with jamie and nigel so it's usually about a 12 12 weeks he likes to do now it used to be a bit longer but he's, he's getting older now and he usually does about 12 so for the do you know what for the kids they've been born into it they're used to it for them, it's just the way their life is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's people out there, like we have friends who, you know, the daddy works on the rigs and the mummy stays at home. He goes to work for two weeks and comes home for, for people. There's people in the army. Yeah. It's just their life. Yeah, so it's actually yeah. been, it's been more confusing for them having him home this whole lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's always away now, isn't he, doing bits with like Chris and that? He's just never ever home. So him and Rossa, our wee boy, are just at war 24-7 because Rossa thinks he's the man of the house. Does he, yeah? Yeah, like, and it's so bad. He'll kind of like tell him to do something. Rossa will be like, ask me nicely. <laughs> 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 so there's like a bit of a role reversal going on. The hierarchy's changing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So they're looking forward to him going away again, I think. But what's it like for you? I'm used to it. I'm oh, really yeah. used to it. I mean, yeah. you've been doing it since she was a bambino, haven't you? Since we met. And do you yeah. know what? It's a good thing for marriage. Absence yeah. makes the heart grow fonder, and it really, really does. Yeah. But that time apart, is it's, you look forward to seeing each other. You're yeah. happy when you see each other. We make the most of our time together all the time. And yeah. Good. As he done many camps with you being at home before because I'm sure I watched a documentary once and he was training in in Ireland or in Northern Ireland or no, Etna. It, it might have been a fight week maybe just maybe yeah I think it was he was on the front of the machine just singing his head off to like Stevie Wonder or something oh in our in our old house yeah, yeah. no I think I think that was maybe just something yeah it must have been the fight week or something was like it? that have you ever had to so I know when fight week's coming and it's time to make the weight and I'm like, I'm getting low. When I've faced, I've been in relationships, they like, they don't kind of get it, right? So like, say me and Paige used to go the pitches when I'm in fight week and stuff, she'd still sit there eating popcorn and I'd be like, oh my God, like it'd do me in. But like, me mum knows and me nan knows, like you can't have chocolate in the house because I'll just come down at two o'clock in the morning and just like eat the nut jar and all the tellers and stuff. Like, are you are you aware of like of the stuff that you need to do to help him in order to, to like make weight and stuff? Or to, uh, yeah, to... I, do. Uh, I think I'm getting better and you know, he'll usually spend fight week in his hotel because he has so much media and stuff to do. So we'll we'll not have meals or anything like that together. Oh, right. It's always him him and his team and Jamie is quite good that way because he's a fighter and he knows what it's like to make weight so he'll yeah. actually eat whatever Carl's eating Will he? at the same time as Carl's eating it you know just as that support now yeah. I think he goes to his room and has a couple of Mars bars after but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah like I do that it's, I do that with good. yeah I do that with Liam McCourt anyone who whose fight week it is I cut weight with them 
but yeah. f- fucking the other way around do they fuck do that with me all my coaches have burgers and chips because we're fighting in america all the time oh so, that's cruel so, so they're scranning in front of me and then last time i fought in boston Liam McCourt must have gone and had about 18 pastries in three days and she just kept coming back with like like powdered sugar on her face and that and I was like where have you been? Just getting fatter and fatter every minute. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had to see him make weight before? Because I know he's he's a little bit like me and he cuts weight the same way that I do and what most professional boxers do now they don't run it off they sweat it off don't they have you ever seen one of them sessions go down how did you feel about that Uh, it was pretty awful because it was the worst ever one remember the time um, what was his name Gutierrez Andres Gutierrez fell in the shower the day before the fight I think it was the day before the fight nobody still made weight though didn't he To call he missed it by a pound, but he was he was nine pound heavy that morning. So he lost eight, and he physically he was in like a roasting bath. He had ran, he had he had skipped, he had done everything. He, they were wrapping things around him and stuff, yeah. and he just physically couldn't lose this pound. And it got to the point where his coach at the time just said, you know, fuck it, just take the fine and and let's go and weigh in. Yeah. And he did, and I mean he got ripped apart. He got ripped to shreds because he didn't make the weight. It wasn't the fight, wasn't for the title or whatever that it was meant to be for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but people didn't know what he had already put himself through to try and make that weight. Yeah, they just don't, don't see get, that either, yeah. They don't see it, and don't get me wrong, it should have been done sooner, but I think, I don't know what happened or whatever, but I think something went wrong in the last few days. Because you, could, you can, sometimes the body just doesn't react the way that you want it to react. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And you know, like salts and all this here crap that people would never understand if you're trying to because I don't understand it either. Yeah. yeah. So, um the thoughts that were on target and And they just didn't happen. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. They I'm in my mum's now and there's been a few times like I've had to cut between six and ten pounds the night before and for a girl to do that's like harder for a girl, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean and like my mum cries like and everyone's Rami's crying and I'm like you need to fucking pull it together <laughs> do you know what I mean because I'm like I'm bits, I'm in bits myself yeah it's not a nice thing it's just awful and it's just one of those things oh it's part of the fake game isn't it it is it is post fighting or looking t- more towards the future what are you looking at because the kids are going to be able enough where you don't have to look after them all day when lockdown's finished and Carl's only got a few fights left Will you be turning into Little Miss Criminal Justice or, or what are you? I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know. I don't know whether to study again, to work. I don't know whether to try and, you know, work with Carl and maybe we, me and him could do something in the community where we could both put our brains together and help, you know, people in um, disadvantaged, disadvantaged communities. Yeah. You know, Help you, them. You have got such such trajectory, and you can reach so many people. And like you say, you coming from yeah. Catholic uh, and him coming from Protestant background, and you've got the ability to bring them together. I think yeah. that should be something that you should use. And like, even if boxing was the tool to do so, do you know what I yeah. mean? And I mean, you could easily mix the boxing with what I want to do. You know, helping kids who may be stuck in systems right now, who may end up stuck in the systems their whole life. 
and Carl could use boxing as a way to help them out of it or encourage them out of it or at least try to so I think if we stick our heads together over the next few years we could come up with something and try and just have a positive impact on Belfast. Positive impact there? <laughs> positive impact. <laughs> positive. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried my best Irish accent Northern Irish all the time and Leah's like you're so shit and I was like I didn't think I was and she's like no no you're the worst and I think what? well you try and do a Scouse accent you can't even so fuck off but I I have the broadest Belfast accent Leah's so well spoken compared to me <laughs> I'm not I'm not like but she's just used like when me and her have media I'm like fucking hell how much do you have to do because I just do like the main ones, but she just gets everyone. Like Northern Ireland, love her. Like yeah. Ulster Telly, yeah. love it out there. Like she's always taking Isabella on the telly, and I'm thinking, I know. <laughs> are we are we all kids around the cameras and stuff? Is it just normal for them to always because they've always well, been in front of it? Well, they've never been brought on in a way to like ask the speaker anything. They've just been sort of. There's been a couple of documentaries. They'll be running around in the background just naturally, anyway. Mm. So. I don't know if they were if they were brought on the news or something like that. I don't know if they would like it. <laughs> uh, do you like? Are you fine about that? Them being on the telly and stuff? Because I suppose they're all over social media, aren't they? Yeah, I don't mind it because you know what? It's um, at the start it was a bit funny, and Carl was like, you know, they're a part of my life, and I want he wants to document his life and his career and stuff, and they are a part of it, so it's fine. Yeah, absolutely fine. What are you drinking? It looks like Iron Brew. It's a, uh, it is Iron Brew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you up to this weekend? Then they're all me big, big, big questions for you to be honest. But I know, um, I know you've got ten sheets of notes that you've got on um, on the piece of paper there. Is there anything? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Or want to ask anything about? Nah, not really, no. No? I think we've talked about it all. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about music. Okay, right, music. So I normally talk about coffee and music. Do you drink coffee? Nope, get it. Oh, you just stick to the Magnus, babes. You just stick to the Magnus. No, get it, but usually on a normal day. So Carl has a coffee machine. Him and Stephen Morty trains with are really into coffee. Get these coffees delivered from different countries and all but um so usually i don't touch it but when carl's away training do you ever hit that mid-afternoon slump at like three or four o'clock that's when i start doing homeworks with the kids so i'll always just make an instant coffee and like knock it back as quick as i can just like shot it like it's tequila (laughs) just to get through the rest of the day yeah (laughs) um and music so Music for me helps me every day in terms of like meditating, giving me fucking energy to go for a run or the gym. Like I've got an electric scooter that I ride to the gym, right, Christine, and I'll have these headphones on and you'll see me screaming, like revving my thing <laughs> like that. And then I'll like go past the bus and people are just buzzing off me, like recording me like, it's me ball on a scooter and I'm like I'm like, hit it, I love it, the underdog sounds up. And I'm going, Shan, hold me until my heart's <laughs> Honestly, like, I couldn't give a flying fuck, do you know what That's I mean? That's what I do in the car, but when you're in your car, you don't think anyone can see you. Yeah. And I remember, like, what we live in this really 
wet, like nice area. And I remember one Sunday morning, just like flying down the road, I had my music on. It was like DMX or something. <laughs> this, this guy was just walking down the road. I think he was literally just coming out of a party, and yeah. I was like, DMX. <laughs> and he went, Yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? Hey, what was the first album you bought as a kid? Wanna, you're not gonna believe it. Don't tell it me was, it's fucking Spice Girls. No, no, I I never was into music, right? Yeah. And Eminem came out when I was eleven. I don't know where I heard him or how I convinced my parents to buy me this album. Yeah. But it was was the Slim Shady LP or Martha, Marshall Marshall Mathers. Mathers. Was it the one with the blue, like with the blue where he's on the end of a, like sitting on the end of something with the moon at the top? Um, that's a Slim Shady LP, isn't it? I've got them all remember. on vinyl, but I can't remember either. I can't remember which one came first, but that was my first album. Was it? Yeah. That I ever asked for. And I remember like playing it, and then my daddy was like, what the fuck's he singing? <laughs> it was like, I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real. <laughs> no, what was it? It was a, my, my name is, isn't it? Hi, I my name it. is. I remember being in like year four. And I remember, or year five maybe. So that's like P5 for you, isn't it? And I remember... Yeah. I was like, wow, and he just took over the world like that, didn't he? And everyone just was like, yeah, I just loved him. So after a while, was it, they were like, right, you're not allowed to listen to this no more. But then my daddy listened to it for a while, and he found it quite funny. So then we used to pick my mummy up from mass on a Sunday, and he would turn it off full blast in the car park and stay in the chapel. <laughs> would she be dying of shame? And she'd be like. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, do you listen to are you Spotify, iMusic or Amazon Music Gear? No, I'm simple. This is the most Don't tell me that you, don't tell me you just oh, listen to music on YouTube. I buy CDs and put them in the car. Do you? Old school. <laughs> <laughs> or just stick YouTube on my phone. I suppose yeah. you're with the kids all the time though, aren't you? So I just I need to catch up on technology. I'm about five years behind. Oh, <laughs> right, I've got one last question for you, and then you can carry on with your drink. Uh, has there ever been a time someone's give you an inspirational quote or a really important saying that's absolutely changed your life? Because, um, say, my quote that I always go off is, um, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." And when I was told that. Because I was shit at everything, but I give me, me me whole self to everything I did. I could I could walk away feeling fulfilled about that, do you know what I mean? If you yeah. could if you if a kid was struggling in in the system now and you had to give them one thing that was gonna change him from going out being a knobhead or going out changing the world, what would you say to him? Um And you can sit on that for a minute, I'm not gonna rush it because it it's probably not that inspirational but I always like the saying, you live and you learn, because you do. You know, you think you know it all when you're like 16, 17, 18, and you don't know anything. You haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> haven't got it all day. Like, I'm 32 and I still don't have a clue. And <laughs> <laughs> you look like learn. you've got it together, though. Still learning stuff every day. Still learning about life and about people. And, and that's it, really. Like, you live your life and you learn as you go along. Get Carl on and ask him what his one is. I'll get him. Carl, you're wanted. 
I'll take the earphones out so he can speak or will I give them to him? No, you can, yeah, take them out if you want. See, it's coming to the end now. What's your profound quote? Do you want come and say one? Come and say one now, lads. <laughs> How you doing, Molly? I'm all right, lads. Are you okay? I'm all right. Not so, bad. I was saying to your boss, lady, if you could give a quote to someone to change the course of their life and to inspire them, or what did the coach ever say to you where you're like losing in a fight and just pull it out the bag and come back? Because I said to her, mine is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And she's what? and she said you live in your lane. Yeah, I like both of them. I don't know. <laughs> I've been asked this a few times, like about favorite quotes. I don't really, I don't know if I have one. I have very, very sorry, Vanny Vitty Vici tattooed on my chest. What does that mean? Which means I came, I saw, I conquered, and that was uh, Julius Caesar declared it. Whenever. Yeah, so around. that's yours then, isn't it? But I got it because I don't know why I got it. I only I got it when I was about. Was you drunk and I and happy? With no, the boys. But it was I was about I was about seventeen and I hadn't done a fucking thing. So like it wouldn't have made much sense at the time, but lucky enough I've won a few things so it, it makes sense now. Yeah. But you knew where you was going, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, I think I did. I hoped anyway, I hope. Yeah. Put one ear in the in area so she can hear me as well. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one ear each. So I'm gonna give you my best goodbye in Northern Irish. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? <clears throat> right, guys. For everyone listening, it's Christine calling the meatball, and at says nay. At says nay. Was that good? Was it really good? <laughs> Yo. Say 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 this. Go. Tra guys. Tra guys. Have you seen um have you seen on Insta that woman Chanel where she goes she lost uh, the party? Uh, Chanel Do you know her? No, but I done this charity run the other day and she took the party Chanel and she done laps with the party. I swear to God. And she was bladdered. I'm sure she had like a bottle of gin in her hands as well. Yeah, so it was quality. It was quality, but um Thanks for coming on because I know you don't normally do this and it's late and it's a Friday night. And Carlos, whenever you need me on your podcast, that's not Chris's. I'll be on. I have to get on, Molly. And see, you're, you're, this is the first one that she's ever agreed to. Annie, Annie thinks she's done a couple of wee things for like documentaries for me, and it's been, and she's done one for a girl, you know, Ruth Gorman. Like, I had to really twist her arm to do it. But you know what? Like, someone who's got a story of like, who give their own career up to be selfless, to be, to raise children, to support their husband so he can go on and feel fulfilled and fucking ch- change everyone's life. It's next level. And I just, I said to her, I'd love to see what it's like from the other person's point of view because I, I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't throw my career away for the person who I'm, who's my soulmate. I couldn't. I'm, I'm, and I'm forever grateful. And she knows that, even though I'll say it to her and she, she'll, and she doesn't care but I am, I am very very grateful like we've, we've tried to get her on to my own podcast to talk about it she, she won't do it but um i got <laughs> i got the gold what? exclusive see what see what she's done for me and allowed like i i wouldn't have been able to do 
do it all. Even yeah. half of what I've done because she's just looked after the kids. Even before the kids were born, you know what I mean? It was like, just, she, she was always in my ear and giving me good advice and, and helped me along the way. And I had, a, I had a talk with her once when I was an amateur still and I got beat by a guy who shouldn't have really even beaten me. And I was about to pack it in, like pack boxing in, and I was going to do start thinking about which trade and all I could do. Oh, was you thinking I'm going to have to be a carpenter, do you? Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with carpets, no, but like... like that, yeah. And um, she says to me, I got home after I got beat by this guy and I was crying. And I went to her house and was crying to her. And, and she kind of said, I was messing about. I wasn't training properly. And like I was kind of training hard for two weeks. And she says to me, just focus, like have a have a go and make sure you do it properly next year for the next All Ireland's it was and I drew the guy in the All Ireland's next year and I stopped him when I when I was focused and that was a big massive turning point for me and it was it was all down to her because it was like I was that close to packing it all in. Hey, do you know what your greatest quote should have been? Behind every great man is a great woman. That's a, that's a good one. So that's, it should actually be it. Yeah, get get that tattoos on your on your front. <laughs> <laughs> right thanks very much for coming on i really appreciate it and when lockdown is over i'll be over for a few magnus i promise oh you better be and we'll oh, be coming to watch you fake too